Bibles to the first book of Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 40. Amen. Uh, first book of Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 40. Amen. I'm excited about tonight's word. Amen. And I know we're about 12 minutes out, but uh, we're going to get right into it. Amen. We want to thank everybody for being patient with us here as we worked out these kinks. Um, but 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 40. Amen. Amen. And the word of the Lord reads like this. Amen. The Bible says to let all things be done decently and in order. Amen. Hallelujah. To let all things be done decently and in order. Amen. I want to talk to you just for a little bit tonight. I want to teach along these lines. Amen. And it's uh, going to go into several teachings. Amen. Uh, for the next several Wednesdays. Amen. And we're going to be talking about living a life of order. Amen. For God. Amen. Living a life of order. God desires that we do everything decently and in order. Because we don't, when we don't do things in order, things are chaotic. Things are in disorder. Things are in disarray. And things just don't work out the way God designs them and wants them to. Amen. And so I want to talk to you for the next couple of weeks. Amen. We're going to start the first subject tonight. Amen. And I'll, I'll, I'll uh, let you know. You'll find out what the subject is. Amen. But living a life of order for God. Let's go into prayer. Father, we love you. Father, we appreciate you and we thank you, Lord. We just ask that you be with us this morning, mighty God. And we ask that you just speak to our hearts. Speak to our minds, Lord. Speak to our souls tonight, Lord Jesus. Edify us. Build us up. Amen. Allow our faith to grow tonight in you, Lord, so that we may do all things decently and in order, so that you can receive the honor and you can receive the glory. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Again, thank you. We want to thank everybody for their patience. Amen. We're uh, back online. The media team is taking care of everything. So we just want to thank everything as we uh, dive right into this Bible study. Amen. But right there where you're seating, sit, seating at, amen, sitting at, if we can just get that uh, piano music out of the way, amen, so we can get started, amen. We just want to thank everybody, amen, for being with us tonight, amen. And uh, whoever's sitting next to you right there in your living room, uh, whether you're uh, with your children, with your spouse, uh, whoever it is, turn to them and, and just say to them, out of order, amen. Say to them, out of order, amen, this... Uh, Bible study actually came to me uh, while I was here in the church and I was uh, cleaning up a uh, back area back there where uh, we have some stuff there and I was doing a little bit of cleaning and I was moving a refrigerator around and uh, I took a look at a, uh, a vending machine that we have right there and God just spoke to me right then and there, amen, and I began to uh, put my thoughts, amen, on, on paper, amen, and, uh, but I don't know about you, 
I don't know about you, but one of the most frustrating things for me, amen, is the need to use a machine, amen, whether it's a, whether it's a vending machine, uh, whether it's a, a soda machine, uh, or you drive up to an ATM, amen, uh, or any other machine, amen, that you, you take the time to go to, amen, uh, uh, only to find out that when you get to that machine, that when you, you get to that vending machine, or you get to that soda machine, or you, you, you drive into that ATM and you, you see a big old sign, amen, you find a big old sign on that machine that says, out of order, Amen. That's the most frustrating thing. Amen. As to you to find a machine, you spot the machine. Amen. You you spot it at work. You you spot it at, at the airport or you spot it in a hotel lobby or even in the church. Right? Even in the church, you you spot the machine and, and you're hungry. You you show up hungry or or you you walk up to this machine and you're thirsty and you're your stomach is probably growling and moving and, and, and making all kinds of noise. And, and you just want to get something from that vending machine. You just want to get yourself a pack of donuts or you want to get yourself some chili Fritos or, or you want to get yourself a, a nice Coke or a Pepsi, a, a beverage or a, even a bottle of raw, of, of water. And, and you ran to that machine. You, you took off because you saw it. And, and while you're getting there, you're, you're pulling money out of your pocket and you got your dollars out of your wallet or you open up your purse and you got your change uh, a little pouch and and you're all ready man because you found a machine that you desired to use you desired to to get something out of that machine that you put work to get over to only to find out that when you get to that vending machine when you get to that uh uh, uh, place and you got dollar in hand and you got change and, and you're ready to drop them in there so that you can hit the numbers and, and watch the little thing turn and your bag of whatever fall down so you can open up the door and stick your hand in there and pull it out. But you find out that you can't do that because when you get there, there's a big old sign on it that says out of order. And you know, it came to me like that because I was in the back and we've been here for several years and we got a vending machine in the back that has not worked for us at all since we've been here. It's been out of order. Amen. And so how about the gas stations? This just came to me right now. How about the gas stations for you travelers, for you that, that like to travel to California or to, to other states and, and you go and you, you, you know, you, you drank too much coffee or you drank too much water and you, you gotta make a pit stop and you gotta go in and use, uh, uh, the, the, the bathroom at the gas station and, and you get off and you, 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 you pull your car off the freeway and, and you go and you run in just to find out amen only to find out that there's a big old sign on the door the bathroom door that says out of order 
Amen. You know, it's happened to me a lot of times where, where I pull into the gas station and I don't go inside to use the restroom, but I pull up to the gas station and I want to pump gas in my truck and I, I pull around and sometimes I even wait for people, you know, because I drive a, a big vehicle and I, and I pull around and I do certain maneuvers and I back in or I, 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 I shift certain ways so that, you know, that I'm not in nobody's way and, 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 and I get there and, and I jump off my truck and I get my wallet and I get my card and, and I go up to the machine only to find out that there's an out-of-order wrap around the gas pump. How many of you hate that? When you go to a machine, you take the time to get there. You take the time to, to maneuver. You take the time to pull out money. You take the time to drive all the way over there. And you know that it's the only ATM in all of your neighborhood. Amen. And you get there and it's out of order. Amen. And so it came to me. It hit me when I saw that machine back there in the back. Amen. That, and, and, and God showed me. That when, when something is out of order, it doesn't work properly. When things are not in order, things don't work properly. Amen. And so when something is out of order, then it's, it's really not fulfilling its true purpose. Why? Because it's shut down. There's a big old sign on it. It's not doing what it was designed to do. Because it's not operating how it should operate. As a matter of fact, it's not even operating. It's out of order. And so now you just got a big old metal box right there with a bunch of food probably inside of it that's going to go bad and you're going to lose money on it because it's out of order. It's not functioning. Amen. And that's a terrible feeling. That's a terrible place to be. You know, to, to have something in your possession or to, to go to something and only to find out that it doesn't work. Amen. That machine's not fulfilling its true purpose. It's not operating how it should operate. And it's not operating according to its design. Amen. And for those of you that have been in the Lord for a while, you know that God is a God of order. God is a God of order. The Apostle Paul even told the church of Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 40, and we open with this scripture. Paul was letting them know. He says, let all, everybody say all. He didn't say let some things or only certain machines or only certain things, amen? He says, let all things be done decently and in order. And I know that we can go back and we can look at it and say, well, what was he talking about? He was talking about prophesying and he was talking about speaking in other tongues. But I think that, the, that, that if the Apostle Paul wanted to just limit it to those things, he would have said, hey, when you're speaking in tongues or hey, when you're prophesying or hey, when you're doing this or hey, when you're doing that. But no, he uses the word all. And so that lets me know and that should let you know that all things must be done decently and in order. 
And it's been like that since the beginning of time, since the, since, since, since the, uh, the beginning of time, things have been done in order. I was having a conversation today with my son as we went to go and, and have lunch. And, and I began to share a little bit with him about how God, since the beginning of time, you know, he, he, he had things in order so that, so that there wasn't chaos, so that uh, there wasn't any mix-ups, or that there wasn't any hang-ups, so that everything worked in its, in its fashion, in, in its purpose, in its, in its creation, Amen. And we see that with God because God is very detailed. Amen. We see that he created the sky before he created the birds. Order. Amen. We find that he created the water and then he created the fish. We find that he created Adam and then he created Eve and then he created the children. The order, amen, of the, of the husband, the priest, and then the wife, and then the children, and, and, and God being first, the ultimate order, amen, with God, and then the man, and then the woman, and then the children. And this order continued. Throughout time, it continued from, from the beginning of time when he created the water and he created the fish and he created the heavens and he, he created the birds and he created mankind. And it continued all throughout the Old Testament. It continued in, in, in the order in which uh, how people served God and how people worshiped God and, and, and live their lives and, and their traditions and, and their festivals and their, the certain days. God was a God of order. Amen. When he asked Noah to build the ark, he gave him the blueprint. He didn't just tell him, hey, go build an ark. He gave Noah the blueprint. Here, I want you to build it like this and I want you to build it in this order. Otherwise, it's not going to work. That, that, that ark is going to sink. And so from the beginning of time, you see that God has always established some type of order so that things are in order. Amen. He established that for worship purposes. He, he established it with the children of Israel as they marched from place to place. We find that they didn't just get up and march. There were certain people and there were certain tribes and there were certain things that had to happen that had to fall in line so that they can move. Amen. Remember, they had to take down the tabernacle and then they had to put the tabernacle back up and it all had to be done decently and it had to be done in order. It was so much in order that, that, that the tribes were even uh, set up strategically around the tabernacle. Amen. Just like the military. Where everything was, was strategically placed. Amen. Not only to, to protect the, the presence of God and the Ark of the Covenant and the tabernacle, but also to protect themselves and to protect others. So that there was no chaos, so that things were not in disorder, so that everybody knew what was going on. Everybody knew what was happening because that's how God designed it from the beginning. Amen. And it goes all the way into the New Testament and into our lives today. Amen. 
That order lets us know how we're to conduct our services. It, it uh, 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 tells us and shows us uh, how positions of, of authority are, are established in, in the house of the Lord. And there's even order in how an individual must be saved. And so God never intended for us to live a life that was out of order. Amen. I, I lived an out of order life for a long time. And I can tell you that I had no order in my life. And things were upside down. I was always running around like a, a chicken without a head. I, I was always in trouble. I was always doing this. Why? Because I didn't have order in my life. And it wasn't until at the, at the, uh, the age of 31 that I came and I, God started to put my life in order. And he started to put certain things in order where they should go. So that way I'm not, uh, you know, that term in, in your job that says, you know, work, uh, work smarter and not harder. And I, I saw that even in my own job when I was in, in the profession in, in, of, of management. And, and I, I, always, I, I always brought what I learned in the house of the Lord and I took it into work because I wanted there to be order in my work as well. But we serve a God of order. Can you say amen? Amen. And order matters to God. It's important to God. Amen. It matters to him. It's important to God. And if it's important to God and it matters to him, then it should be important for us and it should matter to us as well. Amen. Somebody might be saying, man, pastor, you got all that from looking at a, a broken down vending machine in the church? Yes, I did. I looked at it and I said, man, you're not even serving your purpose. You're just there taking up space. You don't work. You ain't got nothing in you. In my mind, I'm thinking you're trash. You need to go. Amen. I would never say that to an individual. I might get a little heated and say some stuff, but, but I would never say somebody is trash, throw you out. But when you're looking at a machine and you're looking at, at a, 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 an ATM or you're looking at something that, that never works properly, that never works, uh, operates the way it should or in its, its design, I mean, more than likely, you're going to get rid of it. You're going to try to work with it. You're going to try to fix it and play with it and, 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 and do certain things to it so that it works, amen. And, uh, but after a while, you're going to, man, just take it out and bring in a new one. Amen. And I, I know we've been uh, talking uh, about machines and we've been talking about uh, soda machines and ATM machines. But today I want to talk to you uh, about something else that could be out of order in our life. There's a lot of things and we're going we're gonna to touch on things. Amen. Because the first things that come to mind is, is, is what about our marriage? God requires that our marriages be in order. Remember, he created Adam first. And Adam had a relationship with God. And then he created Eve. 
And so it was put on the man. It was put on the male. It wasn't put on the female. It was put on the male to have that relationship, that strong relationship with God that he might lead his wife into eternity. Lead her into her own relationship with God. Amen. And we all know the order that it's God, then the husband and the wife is supposed to submit to her husband. Amen. And so that's one of the things that we're going to talk about because we find in the churches that there are a lot of strong women in the churches. I was talking to somebody. I said, man, there are some strong women in the churches that, man, they're the ones wearing the pants and the brothers are the ones wearing the dress. And that's out of order. Amen. That's out of order. And so we're going to hit on that. Amen. We're going to hit on that next week. We're going to talk about that. And then probably the next week, we're going to talk about relationships with our children. I was talking to my son today, and I, and I said, you know, son, I, I says, I know that a lot of, a lot of uh, sons and daughters, you know, and they, they, they say my father was my best friend. My mother's my best friend. And, you know, that's fine. That's great that you have a relationship like that with your your father. You have a relationship like that with your mother. But our children need a father and they need a mother. They have enough friends. They're going to have friends at work. They're going to have friends at school. They're going to have friends wherever they go, wherever they meet them. They're going to have friends all over the place. And the society that we're living in today is that the parents, they want to be the child's friend. Amen. They want to take their, pick up their boys and take them to the bar and let's get drunk together, mijo. That's not what fathers do. Well, that's not what godly fathers do. Amen. That's what worldly fathers do. And that's what worldly mothers do. And so we're going to talk about that because this Bible study is for the church. It's for the believer. It's for you and I, amen, so that we can have our life lined up so that we can have things in perspective so that we can be blessed of God. Amen. So that we can be blessed of God. Can you say amen? Amen. But one of the things I do want to ask about aside from that is this. What about our money? We're going to get into the marriage thing, and we're going to get into the children thing. But what about our money? Because I don't know about you, but I want my money to work for me and not against me. Amen. And I truly believe that there are many believers that have been hoping, they've been praying, And they've been expecting certain things to happen in their lives financially and in other stuff. They're waiting for something to happen and they've been waiting for something to happen. They've been expecting for certain things to happen, but they haven't happened because I truly believe that some of us are operating out of God's order when it comes to our finances, or when it comes to our resources. 
Amen. And I hope I haven't lost you because I know that when we start talking about God's money, it kind of gets a little bit touchy. Amen. But this isn't something that you guys haven't heard already before. It's kind of a, a reminder because I, I feel in the spirit as I was preparing this message and, and as God showed me right then and there that, hey, things are out of order in somebody's life. And somebody's losing out on a blessing. You know, when you have a vending machine, the owner of that machine loses out every day that it's out of order. He ain't selling no pops. He's not selling no chips. And so you and I lose out in our finances when things are out of order. Can you say amen? Amen. Well, whoever you're sitting next to right now, tell that individual, I want you to be blessed. Amen. Tell them, I want you to be blessed. So do I. I want you to be blessed too. I want somebody to be blessed above measure. The Bible says, give and it shall be given back unto you. How? Pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing. Amen. And so this Bible study here is not intended to get something from you, but rather it's intended to get something to you. Amen. To align you in God's proper order so that you and your finances and your home, amen, so that you guys can be blessed. Amen. I know everybody wants to be blessed. I want to be blessed. Amen. I tell God, give me everything you want to give me, God. Give it to me. Hallelujah. Whatever you want to. Don't hold it back. And that's the attitude. That's a mentality that we should have. It's like a, a child coming to their father or a child coming to their mother. They, they come and they want stuff from them. And yes, we want stuff from God. But just like a child, you tell them, hey, did you do this? Did you do that? Well, listen, you got to do these things here in order for you to get this, right? Don't we line it up for our children? Amen. They want an allowance and we tell them, okay, we'll give you an, give you an allowance, but you got to clean your room. You got to make your bed. You got to throw out the trash. Amen. And we, we line everything up in order and we tell them. And then we go back and we check it. And when things are out of order, guess what? They don't get their allowance. Or they shouldn't get their allowance. You know, we live in a time where kids are rewarded for being bad. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. They get suspended from school and they buy them a cell phone. They're up till midnight on their cell phone and they take them to the movies. I don't know. But... In order for us to be blessed by God in our finances... God requires us to have our finances in order, in God's order. Remember, this is for the believer, for those that are baptized in Jesus' name and, and filled with the Holy Ghost and, and claim to be followers and believers and disciples of the Lord. Amen. But in order for these blessings to happen, in order for, for these things to take place in our life, we must understand two biblical truths. And the first biblical truth that, gives, that, that 
that the Bible gives us is that order dictates the outcome. You can go all over the place with that. Order dictates the outcome. In other words, you have right order, blessed. Wrong order, cursed. Amen. Let me bring it down a little bit. Amen. Let me bring it down a little bit. When you build a house, if you're a home builder, you build a house or whatever you're building, amen, the first thing you got to do is find a place where you're going to build the house at. You got to find a spot. You got to find a location. You got to find a piece of ground, a piece of lot. And then when you find it, you got to get an architect and you got to have some blueprints made up. Then when you got the blueprints already made up, you got to go to the city and you got to get some permits. And once you get the permits, then you pour the slab. You put in the plumbing, you, you dig the footing, and you put your rebar, and you put your sand, and, and you compact the dirt, and then you, you put the plumbing, and then the concrete comes in and, and puts your slab, and then you start to build your house. And that's typically the order. I, I could be a little wrong. I'm not a, a house builder, but you know, my wife and I, when we built our house, we didn't just go over there and say, hey, we like that lot, put our house right there, and then, then bam, they just built it on the dirt. No. Permits had to be pulled, plumbing, ha footings had to be dug, plumbing had to be done, concrete had to be laid, and everything was done in its order. Amen. The drywaller didn't show up until the skeleton was up. Can you imagine a bunch of drywall just up and not, not, not nailed to anything? So order dictates the outcome. When you build a house, when you buy a car, amen, how many of you ever bought a car from off the lot? You don't just go up to the dealership and see the car and jump in and drive home and then call the dealership and say, hey, that car that was there, I done drove it home, I want to buy it. No. You don't set up payments after you took the car. You set up payments before you take the car. There is an order that needs to take place because the order will dictate the outcome. Amen. You don't go to a, a bank and withdraw money without first opening an account. Amen. You don't harvest the field before planting the seed. And so order matters. Order matters. And, and so there is an intended outcome. Amen. There's, there's an intended outcome that's attached to our finances that the Lord has placed in our hands. There's an intended outcome for my finances that God has entrusted me with. God has given me so much. And he says, here, I'm going to give you this. And if you do well with that, then I'm going to give you more. 
Believe that, church. God gives you a little bit to see what you're going to do with it. And if he sees it, you're, you're putting things in order and, and you're doing things the way he wants you to do it and you're honoring God and your finances. And guess what he's going to do? He's going to say, man, this guy is good. I'm going to bless him with more. And, and as you put that in order and you, and you honor God with that, then he says, I'm going to give you more and I'm going to give you more and I'm going to give you more. But a lot of us don't get more from God because we don't, have order and i said from god because the devil can bless you too financially he can bless you financially he can bless you with material things amen remember when jesus fasted for 40 days and the devil came up on him and says hey took him up to the highest peak of the mountain and he looked out and he says if you jump off I'll give you all that your eye can see I'll give you everything that you can see all those material things all that possession all those buildings all those cars all those things I'll give those to you if you throw yourself off and the Lord fought him off with the word what did he say you shall not tempt the Lord thy God And so I strongly believe that some people are being blessed, but they're not being blessed by God. And those blessings, the enemy will continue to give them to you. Bless you there and bless you there and bless you with this and bless you with that to keep you from the house of the Lord. He'll bless you with that high paying job so that you're not in the house of the Lord no more. I'll bless you with this and I'll bless you with that so that you're not in the house of the Lord anymore. And then you know what happens is he begins to get you to think that, hey, I don't need to pay nothing. I don't need to give anything to the Lord. I don't need to give God what belongs to him. I'm blessing. I'm getting blessed all over the place. And so the enemy's already come in and got you. But there is an intended outcome that's attached to our finances that the Lord has placed in our hands. He wants to bless us. And he wants to multiply it. But the order dictates the outcome. Amen. In Deuteronomy, I mean in, ex, in ex, uh, Exodus chapter 22, verse 29. Exodus chapter 22 and verse 29, the Bible says this. It says, you shall not delay in offering the first of your ripe produce and your juices. The firstborn of your sons you shall give to me. You see how right here he starts with the resources first. Now, we don't live in a time where we're going to come and bring, you know, some papas and some potatoes and, you know, some, some stuff from the harvest, some juices. That was the... That was the money of that time. That was the resource. That's, that's what they used to live. That was, that was their living. Just like money is our living. That was their living. Amen. We're not living 2,000 years ago where we're having to, to grow our own food and to grow our own tomatoes. And, to, and there ain't no McDonald's and there ain't no Walmart and there ain't no fries. 
You had to till the ground. And whatever you tilled, whatever you harvested, that's what your family ate. And then what happened was, was you, you sold the rest and you helped everybody out. And that's how you paid your bills. And that's how you paid certain things. But even all the way back then, from the times of Exodus, he says, you shall not delay in offering the first of your ripe produce and your juices. The firstborn of your sons you shall give to me. And so he starts with the resources and then he says, our children. And you know what's funny, brother Israel? You know what's funny? Is that people are real quick to come and give their children back to God. But they're real slow to give their resources back to him. They're faster at giving up their children and, and giving their, I come to give my, my child back to God, just like the Bible says. Well, what about your resources? Give up the kids, but not the finances. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible says in the book of Exodus, chapter 34 and verse 26, that the first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring to the house of the Lord your God. You shall not boil a goat in its mother's milk. Amen. And you're probably wondering why that last sentence is in that portion of Scripture. Well, the reason being is that because the Canaanites, amen, who were against God and, and uh, didn't want nothing to do with God, they used to do those practices, those disgusting practices. And it was an abomination unto the Lord. And they did those things. And God says, look, don't associate. He associated the first fruits of not giving it to that. Something abominable and detesting to God. So it's an equivalent. In Leviticus chapter 23 and verse 10. The Bible says, speak to the children of Israel and say to them, when you come into the land which I give to you and reap its harvest, then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. In Deuteronomy chapter 18 and verse 4, he says, the first fruits of your grain and your new wine and your oil and the first of the fleece of your sheep, you shall give to him. In 2 Chronicles chapter 31 and verse 5, the Bible says that as soon as the commandment was circulated, as soon as the commandment was given, the Bible says that the children of Israel brought in abundance the first fruits of grain and wine, oil and honey, and all of the produce of the field, and they brought in abundantly the tithe of everything. Now you see how from Exodus to 2 Chronicles, how the language went from first fruits to tithe. They brought in abundantly the tithe of everything. If you continue to read that chapter, it's so powerful. Because you know what happened Hezekiah and all the leaders, they, they came back to the house of God. They, they came back to the, to the synagogue, to the temple, and they're like, what's all this? What happened? 
And the servant says, hey, the minute the commandment was put out to bring in all the tithe, man, people love God so much. They, they wanted to honor God so much with what they had. They, they brought it, and there was so much there that, that the, the house of God was, was able to do everything that it needed to do for the community and, and for the people and for those that were needy. They brought it. Read it. Man, they brought it in abundance. And they brought it cheerfully. They didn't come and just throw it and, and, and give it. And, and yes, it was a commandment, but, but they didn't give it grudgingly. They, they wanted to. Why? Because they were grateful for what God had done in their life. God took them out of Egypt. He took them out of the world and he cleaned them up and he, he gave them a better life. He, he gave them life and he gave it to them abundantly. And I don't know about you, church, but I'm living the best life now. I'm living an abundant life now. And I've been, ever since I've, I've put my life in order, ever since I, I said, Lord, my, my finances are in your hands. And the minute I put God first and broke him off first, I've never lacked nothing. In my home, in my life, my children have not lacked anything. Amen. Why? Because we're putting things in order. And order dictates the outcome. Amen. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, the Bible says, Honor the Lord with your possessions. Amen. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all. Remember, there's that word again. He doesn't say some, he doesn't say most of, he doesn't say honor them with a little bit. He says, Honor. Him with all of your increase. Why? So that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be overflowing with new wine. You see how God says in the New Testament, he says, he says this. Give and it will be given back unto you. But not only will it be given back to me, he says, I'm going to give it back to you, but I'm going to give it to you pressed down. He's talking about having uh, uh, something in a basket. You get a bunch of paper or a bunch of money or a bunch of uh, something in a basket and, and you just put it in there. There's still a lot more room when you push it down. And so he says, I'm going to give it back to you pressed down shaken together and you know what happens when you shake everything together it starts to fall into place so that there's more room for more amen and so he says i'm going to give it to you pressed down shaken together and overflowing if you put things in order and so what increase is he talking about amen what is the increase so the definition for increase is this The definition for increase is 
To become or make greater in size, amount, intensity, or degree. So, when I was employed at Marvell as a manager, amen, I got an increase every other Friday. Sometimes I got two increases in a month, and we all know those long months, those good months, we call them, amen, where we get three checks in one month. Three increases. Amen. But I don't want to stop there. I actually uh, made out some checks here. And again, this is for the believers. These are for the disciples. These are for the, for the membership. Amen. And if you're looking at this Bible study from another church, amen, then, then you ought to take this back to your church and be a blessing to your church by putting your finances in order so that you can honor God in your church. But right here, I got one work check. Then I got another work check. And when I was at my job, I also got a commission check every month. And so here's my commission check. And just so happens that some people get an annual bonus. Amen. And so that's that one right there. Now, all these are increases, right? Why are they increases? Because I didn't have them before, right? God increased me. Amen. He gave me more. So that's an increase. Amen. The definition is to become or make greater in size, amount, intensity, or degree. And so God increased me right here three times a month, two checks and a commission. But then, hey, my bonus landed this month. And then we all know the next one. We all know the stimmy check, amen? The stimmy check came through. And amen, and it, it hit our home, and guess what? We added that to that, because why? It's an increase. Amen? Remember, the definition of increase is become or make greater in size, amount, intensity, or degree. And so last month, pastor, just pastor, not even my wife. This isn't even including my wife. This is just pastor. All of his increases came out to almost well I'm not going to get I'm not going to get into the amount right now because we all know the amount but all those were increases why because I didn't have them before God increased me with them so what is the first fruit the definition of of a first fruit is is the first of the harvest what's the first of the harvest Remember, it changed in 2 Chronicles. It started out with first fruit, but then in 2 Chronicles, it changed to a tithe, which is a tenth part of something paid. I got a $2,000 check here. That's $200. I got a $2,000 check here. That's $200. 
I got a thousand dollar check here. That's one hundred dollars. I got a bonus of five thousand. That's five hundred dollars. And then I got that good old stimmy that hit the house, which was forty two hundred dollars. The tithe on that was forty two was $420. So just me alone in my house, my tithe for last month came out to $1,500 that belonged to God. Can somebody say amen? Amen. And I know that there's probably some people biting their teeth or upset. Man, I'm mad at the pastor. Man, no, don't be mad at me. Be mad at God. Be mad at yourself for not being obedient to God. There's a word for that, and it's called greedy. Amen. And now I know this Bible study isn't for everybody. Amen. I know this, this Bible study isn't, isn't for everybody. Amen. Uh, uh, there's... There's some uh, people that are saying, man, pastor, I'm good. You know, I'm so good that when I find a dime on the floor, I give a penny. That's how good they are. Amen. And hallelujah, bless your heart because that's an increase. It's something you didn't have before and you're honoring God with it. And because you're honoring God, God's going to honor you. Amen. But in order to do that, amen, in order to do that, I, I want to jump into the second part of this because the first one was that our order dictates the outcome. And the second biblical truth is this. That our order reveals importance. Now, church, this is a very important point here. And I know you're probably saying, man, pastor's hitting it hard tonight. But I just... I just feel like some people are robbing themselves. And they're robbing God. And God is not the person you want to rob. You don't want to rob anybody, but especially God. And so this is important. Because God is a God of order. And order reveals importance. Because many believers think that our house payment is more important than God. They think their vehicles are more important than God. They think their APS electric bill is more important than God. They think their gas, their water, their internet, their cable. They think the latest cell phones and all that stuff are Greater than God are more important than God. Netflix, Hulu, subscriptions, timeshares, gym memberships, credit cards, hobbies, hunting, golfing, shooting, video games, sports, jewelry, McDonald's, steakhouses, tools, clothes, hats, purses, sneakers, hair, nails, wigs. Makeup. And some of them, some of y'all are probably giggling or laughing, but we give our money to all these things before God. 
And for some, God's not even on the list. Amen. And so the order in which you give it reveals just how important God is to you in your life. Amen. Because first is only first if it's first. Anything after that is second. Amen. And we can't call our tithe a first fruit if it's done second or third or tenth or fifteenth or twentieth or not done at all. Or I got to do this before I give to God. You know, I thought about that one day. You know, when I used to have a gym membership, I used to. I used to be fit. I didn't always have a... I had a more... I had more definition at one time. Amen. And I remember, you can ask my wife, I remember we had a gym membership. And we went and, and, and we filled out the application and, 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 and we paid our gym membership every month. And I remember standing at the counter one day when this girl was having a hard time. She wasn't able to, 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 to check into the gym with her card. It had been shut down. And I, and I was standing there and I wasn't trying to, to, to listen to the conversation. But she was getting pretty loud. And, and the, the discussion went along the lines that she had missed her payment. And so they were telling her, you missed last month's payment. You got to make last month's and this month's. And she said, why? Because that's how it works. That's the order. And so there's a lot of people that say, well, I can't give God what's his this time. I'll give it next time. So my question to you is, did you catch up from that last time or are you still in the negative? And so the easiest way to do it, church, the easiest way to do it is just be obedient to God and put him first. Amen. He can do much more with your 90 that he can with the 10. If you're obedient. Amen. And so we need to get out of this thing where, where we're, be, we're giving God our leftovers. Whatever's left, God, I, I'll give to you. No. God forbid that, that God, he's been so good to you. And, and God forbid that everything he's done for you and, and, and he's, he's, he's blessing you and he, he's doing certain things. God forbid that we don't take him serious. Can you say amen? Amen. As I come to a close, amen, tonight. Amen. I want to challenge somebody. You know, church, I, I don't stand behind this pulpit trying to get something from you. Remember, this is your house. And I, I would never stand behind this pulpit and say something 
or teach something that I'm not doing. That's why I, I, I get nervous every time I, I teach or preach on the topic of finances because, you know, uh, people don't like nobody messing with their money. But I'm not messing with nobody's money. God's just sending me to remind you the order. And I see God sometimes sitting there scratching his head and wondering why. Why are you doing things that way? I could give you so much more. You know, we, we invest our money in stocks and we, we invest our money in, in, in 501 and we, we invest in, in our worldly retirement. But are we investing in our eternal retirement? Remember, God says, hey, what does it profit a man that if he gained the whole world and in the end, he loses his soul? I don't know about you, church, but I'm not going to go to hell for 10 bucks. I'm not. And I know my wife isn't. And so I challenge somebody today to get real with God. Get 100 with him. Amen. And put him first in all of your increases. Amen. Don't ride on the coattail of your husband. Don't ride on the coattail of your wife. Ride on the coattail of God. Because that's where all the blessings are going to be. And I guarantee you, if you put God first, He'll put you first. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you and we appreciate you, Lord. And we just thank you so much, Lord. For everything that you do in our lives, Father God. And we know and we are aware that tithing to you and giving to you, Lord Jesus, is not only an increase of finances, but it brings peace in our heart. It brings peace and joy in the home. It brings conclusion. Because it's letting you know that we're putting you first in all things. I pray that you continue to bless the giver, Lord, to bless the cheerful giver father god and i pray that those that have slacked in this order lord and that have strayed father i pray that you would bring them back father so that they can continue to be blessed in their life father we pray this in jesus name amen